Hey everyone, we're going to get started. Great. So I am Patty Silverman. I'm the communications director for the SF Music Tech Summit, and I'm very excited to present our Summit 15 Startup Innovators Challenge winners. Um, this is our fifth summit running this competition, and we've had some awesome success stories come out of past winners. Um, we've had Bohemian Guitars, which was from, from Summit 11, recently joined 500 Startups. We've had Timbre and Playground FM announced pretty major acquisitions recently. And we've had Boombotics, who raised $4 million in venture funding, um, which they announced a few months ago as well. So all of the companies presenting today are companies we're getting behind early and supporting, and we're expecting awesome things to come from them, and hopefully they'll come back with some pretty big news in the future. So um, this competition really wouldn't be possible without our awesome panel of judges who read through all of our applications, and so I'd like to take a minute to let them introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick Mahoney. Um, I've been working with Brian for a long time, 15, 16 years, I think. We, we started together on, the, on the, the founder side of the table, making streaming music services and spent some time with Ziff.org, creating a 501c3 for open source protocols to have a safe place to live. And during the course of Brian's summits, we were introduced to so many of you founders who have the highest regard for, we decided to set up a small fund and make small investments and work with you as advisors. So. It, it was a trip going through another 50 or 60 of your entries in the, into this contest. So I want to thank you for taking the time to participate in this. And we found a good list of names that came out of this and, and uh, look forward to hearing some of your feedback today. Uh, Chris McCutcheon, CEO of TRI Studios, uh, and by default uh, advise and run most of Grateful Dead's digital assets and uh, physical merchandise and stuff. Uh, um, Again, by default, a uh, little background of Wall Street, uh, working for a couple of mentors on the private and public side. I worked for one big public bank and then in the private sector for private equity managers looking at startup companies and screening for seeding. I'm uh, Mark Ruxin. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Tastemaker X. Uh, I invest in companies. I advise businesses in the ad tech and music tech space. Um, I started my career in the music business 20 years ago as an A&R guy and um, could tell that that, that business was going to be challenged, but I didn't know how to solve the problem. And um, anyway, here we are 20 years later, and uh, it's a whole new set of problems and opportunities. But it's it's awesome to see so many people still trying to solve the problems of music discovery and, and um, you know, just getting people what they want where they want it. So this is it was really exciting to see all these good ideas. Uh, my name is Ken Umazaki. Um, I'm an angel investor in music tech startups. I've been doing that for about five years. I have a 25-year history prior to that in investment banking and in trading. Um, and I'm a, uh, actually, to full disclosure, I'm an investor in the fund here. And uh, this is always one of my favorite sessions within the uh, tech summit to hear about some of the latest and greatest uh, ideas that are being tossed around. So I look forward to hearing about them. Awesome. So I just want to give a round of applause to our awesome judges. Um, we're going to dive into the demos, and then each of our judges will have some comments and questions. Just to be clear, everyone up here today is a winner. There will not be a final judging. Um, and at the end, we'll open up to audience questions. So um, if you have any of those and we have some time, we'll go ahead and do that. 
So the first company up is Find My Song. Hi, uh, my name is Vince, and I'm the founder of Find My Song. So Find My Song is an online music collaborative platform for musicians to network, create music projects, and manage their copyright all in one place. Now, before I dive into the specifics, the common problem that's faced by musicians, we summed up in three parts. First is the lack of network. Oftentimes, musicians lack the adequate network to find exactly what they need to plug in to have a successful music career. Secondly, the lack of project management tool. As you know, musicians aren't the most organized people in the world and oftentimes work on four or five different projects and with all those emails coming back and forth, it's hard for them to finish the track. And lastly, most musicians lack the adequate legal knowledge to protect what they have created. And for that very reason, we created Find My Songs Free to Step Solution. That's community, project management, and copyright. So it's very simple. Let's say Thomas is a songwriter or singer who's looking for a guitar player. Instead of saying you want a guitar player, you can say, I want a guitar player in jazz influenced by Nora Jones. Just like eHarmony for musicians where you can find exactly what you need. But we don't stop there. After you find what you need, you can actually collaborate. So you can play the guitar, push it up to the cloud, the other person can pull it down, play drums on top of it, push it back up, so you can be in LA, the other person can be in Singapore, and so you make music together. Last but not least, we also handle the legal part. Oftentimes, musicians don't plan out who owns what when they make the song. And when the song blows out, they start fighting about it. So we develop a simple yet effective system so you can allocate your copyright before or during the process. So without further ado, let's jump right into the product overview. So here's your dashboard. In your dashboard, you can see what's happening around your community as well as the information that's relevant to you and your projects. And if you look at the profile... This musician profile, every single musician on Find My Song has a profile. And instead of giving the other generic information, we selected the most relevant information for a musician to be found, including who they've worked with before, the skills that they have, including the genre and influence, and what project they've worked on before. When we quickly click on a project, the project profile basically shows what's needed, who's involved, along with a demo on it, and which takes us to our project management system within the project. Our project management system is pretty powerful, and there's two main components, including the file and split sheets. So in the file side, we integrate it with Dropbox, so you can simply drag and drop a file in. With a click of a button, now all your members will get a notification, and you click another button, it's now in your Dropbox. Adding to that, on the split sheet side, you can easily allocate your writer splits, so there's no confusion as well as seeing the history of that. So... Um, that's pretty much us for the demo. Um, our next goal is to introduce this to MassMark to get more musicians involved and make international collaboration happen. Thank you. So we're going to go to the judges for some comments and questions. Are you good over there? No, I, yeah, I have one question. Is, is the, the legal component, because it seems like you have three interesting projects J seamlessly put together. I was going to say jammed together, but they're seamlessly put together. And is, is it possible that the legal one could be busted out and applied to tracks that weren't made inside of your network and, and made useful for, for creators on other platforms? Or, or does it all have to live inside of this three-part world? I think that's a really valid question. We get it a lot because we did tackle a lot because we noticed in a lot of music startups tackle one thing and it's probably not strong enough. That's why I went into stealth mode for 10 months to build it. So to answer your question, absolutely, you can just simply come in the platform to do that. And there are people here that don't use all three components. Some people are here to find someone. Some people are here simply to manage their project. And some people are here simply to figure out their copyright splits. Great. Good luck.
can, can you just uh, describe just broadly some vital signs, if you will, how many users currently, where are you in the process? And I think Tell for us. everyone who's presenting, it'd be really helpful to just know where you are in the state of the life cycle of your product or your service. Yeah, absolutely. How much space so uh, we launched in January. Uh, beginning of January, we started private beta, so kept the numbers pretty small, work, make sure we're like, working out kinks and that sort of thing. Uh, on April 10th, we went into a public beta, and since then we've signed up uh, 400 people. Um, and so we're right now doing between 10 and 15 uh, new signups a day. Uh, in terms of other you know, signs of traction, uh, we raised $384,000, and I've just been using that to build a product over this time. How are you guys? So, I mean, it sounds like there's a bunch of different... Awesome components to the service. How do you how do you market this? I mean, it's great that you're getting ten to however many signups a day, but how do you scale this? Because you know, so many music tech companies are going to be faced with can they raise enough money to do the base level of marketing to get the product out there? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, fortunately, um, we have an international network um, that could be plugged in. Uh, we signed with the third biggest record label in India, uh, the second biggest record label in Turkey, and the third biggest record label in Hong Kong that will be supporting this international network that could be plugged in. The reason why we didn't immediately go into that is because we want to have a strong foundation in America first. So in terms of answering your questions, um, we're currently working with a couple of universities, uh, specifically in the music side, um, to see whether that's going to be a good plug, along with uh, testing out other social media ideas, specific marketing towards Twitter, and throwing out a couple of contests to acquire more users. All right, a big round of applause for Find My Song. <laughs> Next up, we have Fan Trotter. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Kirby Demery. I do business development for Fan Trotter. Uh, first of all, a little disclaimer. Um, Excuse the flashcards, and if I start slurring randomly, um, I just have my tonsils removed, and I'm heavily medicated to be able to speak to you right now. So please <laughs> be gentle with me here. Um, and I'm also not assuming I'm the first person, being that we're in the music industry, that's presented on some sort of substance at least. So get away with it. All right. So I want to introduce you guys to Fan Trotter. Um, we are the ultimate travel site for fans. Um, we are building a automated system to help fans travel to events and it can be helping artists or the event makers themselves. We hope to become the default provider for the, uh, for the best travel products for event tourism and event creators that are out there. So currently travel packaging is very complex. Uh, it's very risky and it's done manually and it's often done on an anticipated demand. Uh, we have actually solved that problem through automation. So this is our widget right now. You can see that we list out all the dates and this can be whether it's a festival, it could be multiple festival dates, it could be tour dates. Um, the widget ha we have, it can be embedded into Facebook or it can be embedded into any website within a matter of minutes. It detects where the user's closest airport is. So when you are going in and looking at multiple events, it tells you how much money the tickets will cost, the flights from your particular city, and it comes up with our estimated total. And it's all powerful within one platform. And this can be placed right onto the artist or the events page. So it's pretty much making travel painless for the fans when they're coming out. It gets better, though. So <laughs> we have actually created a brand new source of revenue within the entertainment industry. And I'm sure there's not a lot of companies out there that can claim that right now. So with our risk-free partnerships with our revenue share program, we have actually taken and collected the travel click revenue, and we share it back with the artist or the events that are putting 
the people that are putting the events on. This means that anytime an artist has a fan that is curious to travel. So if you guys are familiar with um, Expedia or any of these travel sites, not a lot of people know that every time you hit search, there is money made. On average, it's about 20 cents that's being made on each one of those clicks every time. That has been exclusively kept within the travel industry. So we are taking that and we're disrupting that cycle and returning it back to the event creators, whether that be the artist or the travel, uh, the artist or the events such as festivals. So we've already launched, uh, we launched in September. We have some great partners on board already. Uh, Umphreys McGee and Gangsta Grass, which are two medium level bands that end Wakaruza and the California Roots Festival. Um, we, we while we're out of beta right now, we have proven with our partners and the traction that we've, we've started that our partners will make money if they push their fan base to search for travel through the platform. So right now, the, the market that we're looking to disrupt is the event tourism market. Um, we're focusing right now on music tourism. It's a $2 billion market. Um, eventually, we're going to be going towards and moving into sports, theater, if you have fans that are willing to travel, we, we can make it available for you. Everybody knows live music is uh, on the upswing and recorded is on the downswing. So revenue opportunities, we're going to be moving into future revenue opportunities outside of. Right now we're doing flight, hotel, and car rentals. We're going to be moving out of that and moving into other travel revenue options. That's, that's it. <laughs> Questions? To the judges. Yeah, how are you hedging the uh, variable cost and the transportation? The variable cost. Um, we have different partners that we're collecting that information from. Um, that's, it's really complex. It took two years for us to build that technology to actually make it accurate. It's not always 100% accurate. It can be off by $10, $20. There are variables in, within the information that we're pulling in, but it's, it's pretty close. And as we develop and grow larger and make those uh, affiliate programs and partnerships more strong, those numbers will be reflective of that. Okay. With one follow-up, did you bring enough for everybody? Huh? Did you bring more for everybody? <sighs> <laughs> oh, God, really? <laughs> and there, any other questions? No, I, I'm... <laughs> okay. Uh, round of applause for Fan Charter. <laughs> Next, we have Blitzer, who ha have come from France. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Bertrand Saben. I'm co-founder and CEO at Visor, and I'm here with my partner, Johan. We are a new French startup, and we are more than pleased to be here uh, at uh, SF Music Tech, and we just created the company past October. So I'm here to explain you uh, and uh, present you Blitzer, uh, which is a user and artist semantic platform aiming at unifying music. So why do we created Blitzer? Because today, we are literally swimming in music and at the same time, drowning in music services. Secondly, metadata is the big description. Blitzer was built to unify music with the power of metadata. Imagine the endless opportunities of data interconnectivity on finally on one innovative platform. This is where Blitzer comes in. Blitzer is not another music service. Blitzer is not another music player. Blitzer is not another music app. Blitzer is one step beyond. 
Bizan combines all the different flavors of existing yet fractured music services and data into one single user-friendly interface. So what we do, you can access uh, for free to the world's largest streaming service. Uh, just as a reminder, we have currently 4 million artists, 5 million albums, 40 million uh, tracks, and we are able to deliver the repower of YouTube as a music service. And this is just the beginning. We are also, uh, because music is much more than sound, uh, where you can learn all about music with our semantic search engine and new discovery tool. And uh, we are also launching the first prize comparison service dedicated to music. So you can find your favorite uh, music item, be it uh, recording, ticket, or merch, at the best price, at the best places. So about our business model, Bleeder is free, rather than advertising, affiliate programs for music-related items, like recording, live show, merchandising, etc., make up the core of our friendly uh, business model. Keep in mind that our uh, semantic technology significantly multiplies monetization possibilities in win-win relationships with our partners. And the team is also working on an uh, innovative me metadata-driven B2B solution. And yes, we are proud to announce now that we will officially launch our own API in just one month. Our new API. Okay, we are on the right track. <laughs> Uh, we, Blizzard is a new music platform uh, made by fans for fans. Uh, with our beta no public, you can find, listen to, learn about, and buy everything related to music in just one easy click. If you have uh, any question, feel free to, to ask us and we will be happy to answer uh, to you. Thank you very much for your attention. Questions from the judges? Just to clarify, your, your business model is actually providing the back end to other services because you refer to an API sort of interface uh, no, thing? No, no, or is this a destination for consumers? No, in fact, both? we are launching uh, our first product is a B2C product uh, for the music fans. So we have affiliation uh, partnerships with uh, eBay, Amazon, iTunes, uh, Ticketmaster, C12. And uh, we will uh, add more uh, partners in the, in the future to be able to, to sell everything in our price comparison service. But this is our first business model because with the actual change in the ecosystem uh, music, we, we would like uh, to launch our own API uh, to, to have a solution in B2B. Okay? It, seem, it seems like the product is mostly structured for kind of the physical or digital buying of music. What happens as things continue to... Uh, evolve towards cloud-based subscription services? Is, where's the integration with you know, Spotify, RDO, Deezer, Beats, etc.? Uh, uh, in, in fact, in our price comparison service, you can also buy uh, CD or vinyl, but you can also buy digital uh, stuff, maybe at MP3, but we would like to, to add in, in the future months uh, services like Deezer or Spotify uh, with uh, affiliation on uh, when you subscribe to um, uh, to, to for, for those services, and they have uh, affiliation. Because that's kind of like a one one time affiliate kind yeah, of but thing that you help facilitate. Sorry, yeah, but that's kind of a one time transaction that you yeah, facilitate, but, right? But this is one sources of revenues, but uh, there are a lot of uh, revenues possible. 
because we can monetize every item related to music, be it your, uh, you can also buy your ticket for a concert or merchandising because the, the real music fans uh, buy a lot of different stuff and are not f only focused on uh, buying recordings. Great, okay. thanks, Blitzer. Okay. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Right Tune. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Alon from Right Tune. And what we do is increase website business performance by playing background music when you go into a website or an app. This is not a new idea. It's already been done for many, many years in brick-and-mortar stores. You walk into a store and there is music there. It's already proven to increase uh, offline sales. So what we're trying to do is to bring this concept into online. So when you go into a website, you hear very subtle, very personalized music. It personally means we uh, track who you are, where you came from, which keyword, time of day, and, and obviously compare that to other users that, that did the same put some big data uh, algorithms, and improve the performance. This is the dashboard of one of our 700 customers at the moment. These are sites that actually use the product. So what you can see here is the lift in visit duration and the lift in the conversion rate over time. And this is compared to a control group. We play the music 90% of the time and 10% we don't play any music, and we compare the two. On average, today, after a few months, um, uh, we launched this in October, and after a few months of iteration and improvement to the system and to the algorithms, we're able to increase performance by 15%, whether it's uh, measured by number of leads, sales, conversion rate, time on site, whatever the metric may be. We're growing pretty fast. We're already, uh, in May, have 700 customers. The model is a SaaS model. So... Uh, websites pay us to have the service on their site. And our big vision is actually branch out of online also to offline because we collect all this data and now we know which music actually improved performance and in which scenarios. So we want to have also presence in the offline world where not just playing generic music because the store owner likes this music, but based on lots of research and uh, um, real data that comes from the business. In essence, it's connecting to the POS, to the point-of-sale systems, and we'll play different music to see how sales change based on different music that we play. Uh, we have a lot of technology and IP that's developed to make this actually work, and work means improve the business performance, not just have nice music. We have some uh, patterns already registered and some on the way. Um, we're based in, uh, uh, in Israel, but we also brought in team Bill Boyd, uh, chairman, uh, former chairman of Muzak. is the company that's the leading company in the world of in-store music. You have to believe me. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's playing very subtle music. It starts after three to five seconds from the time that you land on the website. Uh, obviously, this is also tested for some websites. It works great when it's after one second, sometimes after 20 seconds, and it's personalized to each website based on actually what, uh, what happens. A lot of people say, that's, that's annoying. I don't want to hear music when I land on a website. 
In practice, only 7% of the people that land on the website use that pause button that makes it quiet. And um, visit time is a 90% increases. I have a question for you on licensing. Have you covered every, uh, how many territories have you covered now and what do you predict growth-wise and what you're going to be paying in royalties? Are you paying the royalties or are they? Um, we actually create uh, a lot of the music in-house uh, or based on royalty-free music. Uh, we have a musical editor that's making these music based on the actual data that comes in. We're not playing a brand songs. We're not playing uh, um, artist songs. It's all customized music for background music of uh, that sort. How big is your catalog? Sorry, how big? How big is your catalog, your music catalog? Uh, we have thousands of tracks, and uh, over time we see what works, or the system see what works best in, in each scenario. So in this case of uh, this hotel, well, you can't hear it, but it's really cell music that's uh, related to spa and leisure. In uh, You go to a sports site, it's uh, much more upbeat. Uh, there's some manual things into it, but mostly it's just uh, very quick learning of, of the system on the side. Thank you. Um, thank you, Rayton. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin Evans. I'm the uh, co-founder of Lander. I'm going to open my presentation with a pretty obvious question. Maybe some of you understand this question real quick, but I, I think it's a complicated question. So what is mastering? Mastering is the thing that separates pro music from amateur music. It's, most importantly, it's what gives the musician the feeling that their music is finished and it sounds like what they really want it to sound like. It's corrective things like removing resonant or hype frequencies from the mix. It's enhancing things like getting the right EQ that releases the emotion inherent in the music that's specific to the genre. Or the, or the mix. And it's, it's also how things like how to make your music as loud as music should be on the radio without distorting it, which is actually a pretty complicated task. It's also a scientific thing, more complex, like things like making sure the song will sound great on your studio speakers, in a club, in your house, and on your crappy earbuds. How do you make it sound great in all those places? Complicated task. So if it's so important, and this is such a key thing for the music production system, why... Do, why do so few people do it? Well, it's because it costs a lot. To do it right requires expensive equipment and tons of knowledge. So to do mastering well, you need expensive equipment. You need really, really great speakers. You need an acoustically sound room. If your room's the wrong shape, you'll not hear things that are critical to hear. Um, so that's an expensive task, too. And then it's really technical knowledge of really complicated software. And, and to do this really, really well requires a lot of training. So it's quite expensive for the average musician. And it's prohibitively so for a lot of people that would otherwise use mastering. So things like a DJ set or your samples before you're playing a live show or your live show that you just played. It's too expensive to do unless you have those skills and unless you have that set up. So, so if all of a sudden we remove the barrier of cost and, exp and, and expertise, how many people could do it? There's a $2 billion market for professional audio services for music, video, and broadcast. Each one of those incidences needs mastering. We believe tools like ours are turning this into a DIY market and making it a shrinking market, but we're also re-expanding it with people who've never spent money for these services but would love to do so. And why would they do that? Well, what we call the shareability threshold. You know, we know there's a ton of music out there that isn't being shared in the new sharing economy. And we know that one of the major reasons that stops musicians from sharing their music online, submitting their demos to labels, submitting the songs that they write to artists or managers, is the lack of production skills they have. 
it's not correlative if you're a good player or songwriter or DJ that you definitely have the advanced engineering skills to be able to make your music sound pro. We want to fix that. And also, you know, think about the amount of photos that got shared after Instagram gave people the chance to feel like they're professional photographers. Professional photographers might go, ah, Instagram looks terrible, but it gives the, it gives the user the chance to feel like you've got something great. We think the same thing will happen with Lander. So, welcome to Lander.com, the world's first intelligent instant drag-and-drop mastering studio. It's uh, driven by big data and machine learning. It's constantly learning, so you try it today. If you don't like it, come back a week for our next engine release. We're learning from our users all the time, and the system gets better. And uh, the best of all, it's free, it's instant, and no engineering uh, knowledge required. Welcome to the future of online music production. Judges? Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Instagram example. Um, mm -hmm. That, that helps create some context. Is, is this for, because you also brought up professional musicians uh, in, the same, in the same breath, so mm -hmm. is this for the, 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 the journeyman, or is this for the professional to, to save money having to not go into the studio? Is it, is it an Instagram solution that creates something that's just good enough? Or is it something that a professional photographer, you know, sticking with the Instagram metaphor? It's, it's, a, really, it's a really good question. I think if, uh, my answer to that is if professional photographers didn't use snapshot photography and that hadn't created a whole new world of professional photographers, people like Terry Richardson, people like Nan Golden, then I think I could know how to answer the question, but I think it's going to kind of be the same. Professionals will use it for certain things. Amateurs will use it for others. Okay, that's what I want yeah. to get to. This is not displacement. It's just creating an, uh, uh, a segment in, yeah, inside yeah, yeah. No, of it. What you're saying is hugely important. We have, no, we have huge... Obviously, like our team is made up of some of the mes best mastering engineers in the world, and like our, one of our head theorists is a guy who's renowned globally for classical music mastering. He's a genius. And we care a lot about the art of mastering. Right. So we actually are even reaching out to mastering uh, professionals to create a network. One of the things that's great, we're creating a huge customer base for mastering that's never existed before. We're going to create a customer base for that. We're going to funnel those people to the best mastering engineers in the world. It's a huge part of our plan. We love mastering. We want everyone to have it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think you're going to do great. Good. Awesome. Good so what's the what's the business model? So it's free to it's free. It's when you come to the website, you drag and drop your file, masters it instantly, a few seconds, and mastering takes significantly longer than shorter than the upload, and then you get an AB to to hear the master versus your original. It's a pretty easy sell. Usually it sounds pretty great. Then all we need to do is get uh, an email for the first time user, and then you signed up for an account and you get a free MP3 of your track. If you want uncompressed files or you want a little bit of control to tweak the master, which still is really, really simple. We don't want to be in the game of competing with plugins. We're like really, like it's really under the surface. If you want uncompressed masters, then there's a subscription service. There's nine bucks for four tracks a month, 19 bucks for unlimited tracks for single band use. And then if you're a label, we get some really exciting interest from labels and from like A&R guys and stuff like that. For those guys, we have a deal of 19 bucks per month plus 50 cents per minute. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Lander. Cool. Thanks. Fingertip Maestro. Hello, folks. My name is Mark Oko, and I'm one of the co-founders of Fingertip Maestro. First, I'm going to show you a little video.
This is Fingertip Maestro. It's a new musical instrument. It's for iPad and iPhone. It lets anyone create beautiful music instantly. Someone earlier described it as like magic piano, but with more magic. I quite like that, so I stole that. Um, you just uh, tap, slide, and play. There's no musical knowledge required. Uh, we took a, a regular piano keyboard and rearranged the notes into a color-coded grid, which is easy and intuitive to play. Uh, who's it for? It's for children and teenagers and adults, people first getting into music. If you know nothing, you can instantly get something good from this app. Uh, we've been to schools and places like that, the Boys and Girls Club we're working with. Um, also, it's for music makers. It's great for um, uh, chord progressions uh, and riffs. Uh, I, use it, I've, I make music. I've been using this and the demo that I did for the past three years to do all my songs. Um, it's a free app. The revenue is from in-app purchases. The default sound is piano. We have 14 other sounds, and in the next update, which is coming out soon, we'll have another seven sounds, since 21 or something sounds. <clears throat> we were launched in August 2013. We have 200,000 downloads. We get 50,000 a month currently. We're aiming for 1 million by the end of the year. Uh, like I said, it's iOS only right now, but the Android version will be out uh, in uh, the end of summer. So uh, we also have two new apps coming out. We've got Fingertip Vocals and Fingertip MIDI. Uh, the MIDI version connects via Wi-Fi to whatever door you use, Ableton Live, Logic, Pro Tools, etc., etc. It's very, very easy. Uh, all Macs have a utility, and you just connect it, and it, they just see each other, and it's great. Uh, we are doing a philanthropic Indiegogo campaign with the Boys and Girls Club of Los Angeles, uh, and that's going to be starting um, next month. So... Um, Here's our website, fingertipmaestro.com. Uh, so check it out for the Indiegogo and, or email us uh, and get some more information about that. And now I'm going to play it for you. thing for you one last thing you're getting a world exclusive this is the menu by the way i didn't have time to show you that but you're getting a world exclusive of fingertip vocals um i just got this from the developer today we haven't done all the labeling but this is some of the sounds that i've made <laughs> but with vo voices we've got some other stuff Th that was the auto-tune slash robot and this one I believe oops, guitar is this is the last thing I'll show you because I know my time is coming up oh okay oh there it is 
So if anyone, if anyone does want to hear the vocals I'm around, I can show you and I can actually demonstrate the MIDI as well if you want. Awesome. So uh, that is Fingertip Maestro. All right. Judges, <laughs> any questions? What's, uh, what's the average in-app purchase per user? Uh, the, you know what? That is a really good question. Uh, my co-founder, who is, I, I'm very music, and my co-founder is much more business, and he'll be able to tell you that. But our conversion rate is 3%. That's what our conversion is. The average in-app purchase, I couldn't give you a number right now. Uh, I'm sorry about that. It's now it's set up as a, as a as an interface to teach, to learn, to to appreciate music. Is yeah. It? So the idea is that um, you know it's it's designed to inspire people to play music. Mm -hmm. You know, we may do uh, an an actual educational version which teaches you to play the piano. Yeah, but right now, the idea is you can look at it, you know, and kind of just w with no kind of knowledge, you can get something just by tapping. <laughs> Right, but uh, when I was watching you play it, I, yeah. it, it seems a natural for for guiding uh, a student through it. So, so I've played with the app and I like it as a user, but mm. as a, as a teacher, I could see kind of like a player piano or something that leads leads the yeah. the, the user through it. So, like tab or yeah. So what I've done, um, you know, like I said, we're working with the boys and girls clubs, and when I've been, you know, in front of a class, the first thing I teach them is rhythm. So they stay in time. And, you know, often we'll have a couple of iPads. So the kid will have one, I'll have one. And what you can do, they'll see me play blue. So they play blue. Mm -hmm. And then I go to green, they go to green. So we're creating a song, bass and treble, all in time, all in key. It, it really works very well. We've got, we're actually going to be working with the Venice Boys and Girls Club. And they have a bunch of iPads. So I'm going to write a lesson, which would be, you know... Remember when at school you learned the recorder, you know? So it's sort of like that, a very simple thing which gives the kids a basis of music. And that's what we're trying to do, just to get inspired people. They might want to pick up a piano, or pick up a guitar, <laughs> or something afterwards, or some software. Uh, and then, like I said, we have the MIDI version, which will be basically the pro version. Because it, it also seems like you could rip on um, piano tiles and, and gamify this yeah, 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 you know, with accuracy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's lots of... Um, you know, this is my first foray, foray into apps. Like I said, I have a co-founder who's done it before. And we have lots of plans, uh, basically, to improve this app, uh, do other apps which are kind of like it, and perhaps gamification as well. Great. Thank you, Fingertip Maestro. <laughs> Next, we have Val Smart Headphones, who came all the way from China. So thank you for making that trip. Hi, everyone. Yeah. We're the winner. <laughs> right? Thanks, judges. Yeah. My name is Gary Chen, and uh, you can tell, uh, actually, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Starwish Technology, and uh, we are the inventor of the world's first root true smart headphone, Val. And you can tell, well, of course, number one, you can tell this is a headphone, right? I'm, I'm wearing. And uh, so, number one, it's a true great quality headphone. And uh, when we design the sound, you know, at the beginning, and we want to make sure the quality has to be better than Beats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Number two is this headphone has 3G and Wi-Fi other connection ability, which means you know you don't need to carry two devices any longer to enjoy a great quality sound. So uh, it's everything here, and uh, and uh, it even has uh, 8G flash memory in it. So actually, you can transfer all the music from your phones, you know, and uh, iPad, all other stuff to hear. You don't have, you know, these are not intent to listen to music. These are. So actually, the the. Uh, currently, for example, that you can see the string here, right? So we're the first to put a string on the headphone. There are lots of firsts, okay? And actually, actually, um, you just touch a button, you can listen to Pandora, and uh, you can listen to uh, Doban Radio, which is the largest internet radio in China. And uh, in the meantime, you know, you can chat a little bit with your friends using like WhatsApp or WeChat stuff. So gradually, we'll add more messaging apps and more of uh, music apps like Shazam, you know, Soundhound, etc., uh, into it. Yeah. So that's you know that's that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Any questions from the judges? How much do they cost? Three ninety nine. And, and are they on the shelves, or are they going to be soon? Uh, yes, our first shipment will happen in July. How long is the battery life? About seven hours, similar to your iPhones. So there are, there are two batteries, so one here and one here, right? Yeah. Is the screen replaceable? Huh? The screen cracks. We just replace the screen or the unit. Uh, yeah, I mean, you need to buy a new one. <laughs> you know, I because waited if if this fall off and uh, it's quite expensive to you know to change a screen, right? It's the same. So actually, because uh, this is uh, control panel is uh, magnetically attached to the headphone itself, and uh, so use your one hand, you can do it. We try this thousands of times to make sure it works. Because if it's too tight, you can get it off. If it's too loose, it might fall, fall down. So actually, you know, we didn't know that Apple was in talking with Beats, acquiring acquisition, acquiring Beats. Last year, only started the project, but this is what they are going to do. All the headphones will be connected in the near future. It should be. Yeah, but we have done it. <laughs> And, and so, just so I understand, the, the, the screen that is on the outside of the headphones is actually a remote control when you're actually toggling between audio sources. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's uh, Bluetooth to connect to this. And, and but you yeah. would actually flip that around in your hand and, and pick oh, right, the right, right, because okay. you want to change the channels on you know, like Pandora stuff, and uh, you know, you want to attract somebody, you know, a stranger maybe come in here and say, you know, say something on the what you, WhatsApp or, you know, chat in it. So actually, I, you know, we thought this, this should be cool for the kids. Yeah. I'm not a judge. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I don't need a mic. What 
why why the extra cost? You have an extra yeah, why not just do everything in software? You got Bluetooth in the headphone, you got your music on your phone, you got the screen on your phone, you're adding a ton of cost to a device that just needs to be connected. Well, they uh, we we you know, cuz the the young 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 generation, you know, young people in each generation they have their own music device, it's, you know, from Sony Walkman to iPod and Beats and everything and uh I believe this generation of, of music fans, they need something being connected. It's all, it's a wearable music device, and it should be. And it's just so natural. I mean, I mean, we want to be very far away from mobile phones. Okay, of course, you can connect uh, your mobile phone with this headphone. Just you can use this as a regular headphone. That's fine, no problem. But, you know... You know, for the kids, for the high school people, you know, just go out with this and listen to music, you know, and then chat a little bit with friends. I mean, that's cool enough. You know, why, you know, why, why not iPhone and, uh, and Samsung Note, you know, I think other, some of the mobile phones will be gone, you know, in, in, in certain scenarios, because that's what the word about technology is about. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Next, we have Gigwell. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Gigwell. And uh, we build enterprise software for the music industry. Um, our first product is uh, called Productivity Suite. And it's aimed at uh, streamlining the interactivity between uh, booking agencies and artists. Uh, since we don't have a ton of time, I'll go ahead and uh, just play a product video here. So this is Max Capacity. And uh, his only mission in life is to rock amazing parties. <laughs> when he's not uh, playing the best party in the world, he's recovering from the best party in the world. <clears throat> uh, on the other side of the planet is uh, Max's booking agent, Simon. And Simon has to manage uh, 12 other, I don't know why it's not uh, filling the screen here, 12 other uh, artists just like uh, Max Capacity. He secures uh, all their venue contracts and payments. He designs all their artist itineraries. And he's got to keep cool, but unfortunately, his data is all over the place. He manages everything on crowded spreadsheets, a bunch of manual data entry tools, post-it notes. And so fortunately, Gigwell's arrived. Uh, we streamline global artist management um, into one centralized booking platform, helping ex Simon accelerate his workflow and seamlessly integrating into all of his existing tools. Uh, using Gigwell's aggregated roster, Simon can centrally manage all of his artist resources. He can even create a co-branded booking portal, um, and, which is embeddable for all of his uh, agency's roster and onto their uh, Facebook page. With uh, Gigwell's easy-to-use workflow management tools, uh, Simon can view real-time availabilities, check confirmations, and track all of his uh, bookings stage by stage. He knows exactly what's needed to close a booking and when. We also have a secure payment portal as part of the platform where uh, Simon can support all major credit cards, bank wires, and even PayPal. Uh, so buyers can instantly wire deposits and payments uh, without running to the bank. So the next time Simon has uh, urgent booking inquiries on four different continents from 15 different buyers, 
He can match qualified requests to talent based on reputation, proximity, and availability. Of course, in the future, everything's mobile and cloud-based and automatically updated, which saves Simons a ton of time. With uh, GigWell's <clears throat> data-driven analytics, Simon also has full visibility into how his agency is tracking, which empowers him to make better decisions. Simon's numbers are off the charts. With GigWell, he works smarter and faster and allows Simon to focus on things that are more important, which is getting Max to play all the best parties, <laughs> which uh, we essentially um, are launching this first product, or we launched this first product a month ago. We've been getting you know, great reception so far. We've got about 20 agencies signed up. Um, and uh, this is just the first of many uh, platforms that we're going to be launching. The next is going to be really focused on the talent buyer um, and you know, software for outbound centralized offer management for festivals and nightclubs and uh, concert venues. Thank you. Agents in, say, one agency, are, are you, they're all using under one license, or each one has to use uh, We have bundles that are targeted towards whatever size agency there are, so anywhere from what we call a group account, which is like three to four agents, all the way on up to enterprise, which is 20, 30, 50 agents. So it just depends on the size of the agency. Uh, thank you, Gigwell. Great. Uh, we have two more companies to go. So next up is AxeWave. Hi, everybody. Um, before we start, I would like to know how many people were up there a couple of hours ago when I did the demo before? Can you guys raise then the one that you already saw it? Okay, not so many. Okay, upstairs I show what we what we do. Okay, uh, upstairs I show what we do. This time I want to share how that's how, how the company started and why we arrived here. Okay, and so you will understand better the product. The first idea was to connect the TV and everything that was happening around the user with a mobile phone just by using the audio. So we, need, we will be able to avoid every problem of connectivity because we thought that if the people was able to interact with it in any way, uh, that will create a lot of opportunity. That was the original idea. So what we tried to, to do originally was we tried to contact Shazam and Sundown to ask them, uh, I don't know what this is, okay to ask them if they can license us the technology. And they say no. And they say, okay. Then we went to Grace Note, and they didn't say no. They didn't actually answer it at all. Because, I don't know, maybe Italy was too far for them uh, where we was by that time. And so after a bit that we was trying to contact everybody to do this uh, interactive uh, technology, we say a word that we use in, in Italy says, Cazzo. And we started to do it by ourselves. 
Okay? So it seems like a crazy idea. So we started it, and we developed an audio recognition technology from scratch. It was four people. We never have done that, and we did a prototype in three months. With the prototypes, we started to collect some data, and we say, okay, let's see the behavior of the people, what they do when they interact with it. So the first time that we did is uh, we connected uh, TV on demand content and the music. The music was a big deal because the music is a lot. We had a lot of trouble to find a lot of music. And then at the end, we have uh, a big uh, catalog. Then uh, we saw very interesting things. The people that recognize the song, that 12% of the time buy it. That was very, very interesting. It's consistent. We saw it a lot of time. And the person that recognized um, uh, a content on TV is three times, four times more willing to interact with it if it shows up in the mobile display. So we saw a very simple thing. When an ad is showing in the mobile device it's, uh, and is connected to the environment around it, it has a three, four times more value because the click-through rate is three, four times higher. So we are able then to sell these ads for about 20 bucks and make uh, a lot of money giving these uh, ads to app developers that are then able to do much more money than they are doing today. So very simple, then later we can talk about how music or TV recognition or uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff can be used to increase also the user experience in any app. But you are familiar with many apps that do that already, correct? And that's it, very simple. So we are able to make an app much more interactive and also to make them make too much money. Okay, the time is off. I, they say me, so I will stop right now. <laughs> you, you can take another minute. We're actually ahead. Ah, that's okay. Good. So what we did is then uh, we started to measure... <laughs> thank you. We started to measure all the comportments based on the data that we were starting to collect. We released an app on the store that's called G-Sound. You can download it. You can try it. He got 400,000 downloads in a few months. And uh, thanks to those data, we was able then to make everything uh, more accurate. And we are the first company, actually, that are able to target the, uh, the user based on his real behaviors. So what he's watching on TV, the shop in which he went, and so collect all this data to give uh, very accurate uh, analytics also to advertisers that then can use it to make a better uh, service and make, uh, have a better return of investment. And uh, we are now uh, working with 10 app developers that have more than 30 million downloads combined, and this is our beta testing group. And uh, today we released for the first time the um, uh, SDK for free to everybody, so everybody can download the SDK and develop his own app, like Shazam or Sundown app style, or a Vigol or everything that is possible to do with this technology for free, and we will be also able to help them to monetize it. Average 30-40% more than a normal uh, ad campaign. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's <Great>. it. <laughs> Any questions down here? Yeah. All right, great. Thanks. Okay, thank you guys. So our last company is Gadeen. So, thank you, everyone. Um, this is our CCO, Justin Wildenhain, and my name is Heiko Schmidt. Um, I would like to start today by describing the problem. One out of eight people are making music, and that's 900 million people worldwide. 650 million songs 
and records have no income and no place to go. 26 million are available on iTunes, but only 268,000 songs are making more than $770 per year. Now it's getting better. More and more people are becoming prosumers and add about 20 million songs and records per year to the global inventory. This oversupply and the old-fashioned, very complex way music demand is handled is the real underlying reason why prices for music is going down. And Harvard business professor Anita Albersey has perfectly described what the result is. A few superstars and top executives are making more and more money every year, and all of us are making less. Now, seven years ago, a revolutionary idea was born which will change that pattern and help every music maker to monetize his work. As we are running record labels and publishers in multiple countries, our goal was to make every single song a profit center, doesn't matter how small or large the profit will be. And we were completely committed to break every rule. For five long years, our team has crunched thousands of catalog numbers and songs to find the right business model and monetization. And then two more years, we worked with the best lawyers in the world to make it happen from the legal side and worked with tech from the tech side. Now, I'm very happy to announce that we can open this month and start producing results, Gardein.com. Three things uh, you will experience as very, very new. We introduce crowdsourced marketing by allowing people with exploitation opportunities to share into the future music income of a particular song, and that means on all 14 income streams and for multiple years. It is the new way to align economic interests between music makers, music marketers, and music users, so either no one makes money or all three of them are making money together. We enable mass licensing by completely new and simple to understand all-you-can-eat licensing models, and we are cutting time to deal from weeks or months to under two minutes. We don't charge any music maker. Instead, we partner with him and the promoter and co-invest into his music alongside the exploitation opportunity. Gardein is a complex high-level blueprint which solves the problem for multiple target groups but it creates a new marketplace and generates new engagement and revenues. And this is what we all need in a new age where music has become a commodity. Thank you very much. Questions? Any questions from over here? No? Okay, great, thank you. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to mention, we do have one more winner, Meludia, from Paris, that was not able to make it. So you can check them out online. Okay. All right. Everyone's anxious to drink, I can tell. Um, <laughs> if you are interested in applying to the competition after we next, announce our next summit, which will be in the fall, cannot tell you the date yet, um, the applications will go up. So let your friends know, apply yourself, start working on your projects. This is a global competition, as you guys can tell, and people have come in from all over the world. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and go ahead, enjoy, enjoy another panel or head to the bar. Thanks, guys. Thank you.